0: here thanks for listening to our market street podcast wherever you're joining us from we hope today's message helps you in your walk with jesus for more ways to connect visit us at marketstreetchurch.org well good morning all right now here's the deal um a lot of times i'm in with the kids and uh you know they they don't need coffee to be energized first thing in the morning so I'm going to need you to respond a little bit better this morning. Good, morning. Good morning. All right. Now I feel better. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> well, as we continue on, uh, first importance, if you were here last week, that's great. I was here um, physically, but I'm not sure I was here otherwise. I was tired. It was New Year's Day. It was a great way to start the year, don't get me wrong, but I definitely was tired and like uh, low on energy, so um if this is your first time back, we are glad that you're here, and we are just we are looking at all things new, and uh, what better time, and you're like, oh man, I don't want to hear this, but uh, we all set goals. How, how many of you are doing good with your goals for this year? How many of you are like, I didn't even bother setting goals this year? <laughs> at least you're honest. All right. So one of the things I do, I don't set goals. Um, I realized that goals um, are not the way to go. But when you do set goals, we're going to talk about how when you're striving for those goals, that you need to set it in place systems in order to achieve those goals. For me, uh, I had a mentor friend many years ago. He said, choose a word and go by that word, and go by that word. Last year, my word was favor, and that the fact that the Lord has found favor with me, he's blessed me in so many ways, and I found one good thing to get good at last year, um, and be honest with you, I shared with my fight club group of men, last year I chose that, you know how they have those cart thingy dudes out in the, you know, in, the, in the shopping area when you go shopping that hold the carts? I have to admit, prior to last year, I was one of those dudes that didn't take my cart back all the time. I was, especially when there was four inches of snow and you don't want to put a cart through the snow. So, I developed a good habit though. Of putting the cart away and I can say that last year I put away every single cart very well I also learned to park next to the cart corral because that made it much easier <laughs> so that was the one good thing that, that, that I grew there are many things but there's one thing that I chose to do well and do well last year just to become a better person become a better per, uh, person um, there are many many habits that we can talk about we're gonna look at though today about the who before the do. We often say, I want to do this and I want to do that, but we don't look at who it is that we want to become out of what it is that we're doing. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at that. There's there's several things. One of the books in my life in 2018, Atomic Habits Came Out, James Clear, good book. It will change your life and it'll help you develop habits. I'm rereading it again this year, and it's kind of kicking my butt again to just remember the things that I set in place and set into motion. Um, are very important. Um, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is another one that was very helpful. And so if you read either two of these books, um, you may say, oh, I see some similarities in Pastor Jason's message in these books. Yes, because they were very influential. So I'm, I'm going to share this with you. If you love to take notes, this is a great time to do it. If you don't, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's okay. Uh, but this is, this is the thing, is that successful people Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And this is something just through reading through the books and working with mentors along my journey in life is that I'm finding this to be true. And this is spiritually, financially, physically, relationally. Um, you know, as I look at the life of Jesus, he didn't, he didn't get into the heat of the battle and go... I just don't have time to pray right now. I got I to fix this issue here that's going on in these guys' lives. I find the complete opposite, that his very own friend was dead. And he said, I got to be about my father's business right now. And his friends were upset that he didn't come in that moment. But he had to be about the work of the father in that moment. He would get to it, but he would get to it in the Lord's timing. Because he knew the importance of the relationship that he needed to have with his father, his own very father, God. First importance, the relationship that he would have. He regularly escaped the crowd, guys. He regularly escaped the crowd. Some of us might be saying, oh, I want to get better at praying. I downloaded this Bible app, and I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to do it. And for one thing, I do love apps. But this thing can be a distraction. So I went old school this year. I got rid of all the socials on my phone. I'm going old school. If you send me a message on Facebook, I'm actually going to have to get it from my computer later on. That's just the way I decided to start this year. Because I don't want the distractions. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to get rid of the stuff that I don't need there. I don't need to be down a rabbit hole watching squirrels run across five lanes of traffic, and I was supposed to be studying the word of God. (laughs) I don't know. That's just how it happens, right? Robert knows what I'm saying. He gets it. He's in tune. He's tracking with me. So, um, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Paul, he had these habits and customs of going to the temple to share with the non believers. He developed this habit, this time. He invested himself, he did it. Sean Covey says Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Um, it's the fact of the matter. When I the first time I went to the gym that I can remember, it was a funny moment. I had a pastor friend. He's like, You should go to the gym with me. It's a great time. I'm like, cool. So I went to the gym with him. We went to the YMCA. We did a little swimming. We sat in the hot tub. We sat in the sauna. We did a little workout. We talked. We talked. We talked. We talked to people. And we got done, and he's like, wasn't that awesome? And I was like, yeah, I worked out my jaw more today than I ever have in my whole life. It was great. I talked to more people. I was like, I don't know that I lost any weight, but my jaw bones, when I bite into that steak in two days, I'm good to go. Just because you go to the gym doesn't mean you're going to lose weight. Just because you, you know, do something doesn't mean you're going to become that. Just because you go to a sports game doesn't mean they're going to let you on the field and play ball. I mean, the lions, they really should let some of us out there to help them, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. We become that. One of the things that I'm trying to teach my boys, and I love when they have to go to the dentist because the dentist reinforces it. How many times have you flossed your teeth today? Uh, And they're looking at the dentist, and I said, don't lie about it. You become who you are. If you don't floss your teeth, you're going to lose your teeth. If you don't brush your teeth, you're going to lose them. You're going to become who you are. You eat enough Big Macs, you might become a Big Mac. That's just a fact of the matter. For me, I, th- I felt this was the perfect timing, because here's the deal, and you hear this, but many who make New Year's resolutions, 92% of them don't last. 8% of people succeed. See, when I decide to choose a word in my life that I'm going to live by, I succeed 100% of the time because that word impacts me in many great ways, and it changes the person that I am, and it helps me grow. It helps me recognize the favor that the Lord gave me and gives me, and it also, in turn, helps me recognize the favor that he gave others And so many things. It helped me through so many things, and I've had other words throughout the years. For me, this year, my word is reflect. I had this conversation with my uncle on December 3rd, a couple days before he passed away. And he came through AA and was was in remission for several years. But they reflect. They talk about reflections and, and, and reflect on life. And he had brain cancer, amongst other things. And he said, son, I want to tell you something. he said, God doesn't allow you to reflect on things until he's ready for you to do that. And he said, I don't know if I'm making sense because I know my brain's all messed up right now. But he said, I want you to take time this year to reflect on some things that God gives you so that it's not too late. And so for me, my word for 2023 is reflect. So if you do see me on Facebook, I've been posting some crazy questions and some thoughts and asking you what would you do if you could go back 20 years and talk to your younger self, this, that, and the other. But it's a way to reflect on life. Because even as we do that, we see that our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. And as I've been reflecting on my life, I begin to see things that I need to change. When I look in the mirror, I'm beginning to see my father, but in a much taller version, my dad was a whole five, two and a half. So I'm six, two and a half. (laughs) But I see some things that I like. I see some things that I don't like. Habits. In Romans... It says this it says I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right Paul says this but I don't do it how many of us ever struggle with that I want to do what's right but I don't do it I'm going by McDonald's and I'm thirsty and I know they got the best coke in the world man and I pull through I don't know what they put in that stuff I think there's some cocaine or something in there I don't know it's good they make the best coke ever it is good. A large one, you know what I'm saying? Ice, and they hand it to you, and they probably hand it to you wrong. The pop, the cap comes off, you spill a little on you, because that's McDonald's for you. If you were at Chick-fil-A, the lid would have been on right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I don't understand myself for what I want to do. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And it goes on to say, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I can't do it. I go to the gym and I find the closest spot to the door and then I go in. I don't know, that doesn't make sense to me. I had to write a story one time about something that didn't make sense to me. We pay for a gym membership, we drive to the gym, we let the valet park our car, we go in, we work out, we come back If we just rode our bike to the gym and back home, we might not even need the gym membership. <laughs> just a thought. It goes on to say this. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I do it anyway. And this is the last part. Oh, what a miserable person I am, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. He's struggling. He's struggling. Right here and then in verse 25 it says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer is in, amen, yeah, yeah, amen. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. If you're going to set goals, you need systems in place that are going to help you get there. Jesus is a great place to start. Paul recognizes it. We all recognize it. We do it. We get in these, we, these situations. I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, I have some go-tos in my life. Coke and a Snickers. That's it. And when, I, when, when my wife comes home and there's four cans of Coke on the table, she knows it's not going to be a good day. <laughs> she knows my stress level is through the roof. I do things that I don't want to do. You have to change. You have to flip the script and begin to say something different about yourself. That you're going to become something different you you want to stop how many of you would love to stop eating junk food you would love that you would love to stop eating sugars on the other hand how many of you love to eat sugar lauren oh i just (laughs) get i do i love it sorry i had to pick on you i saw you maybe maybe (laughs) maybe some of us are like i need to stop overspending at target you know the best way to do that don't go to target I want to stop overspending at, at Costco. They get you. They put the chickens in the back for a reason. They're not up front. They're like, oh, you're like, oh, I need a coat, and then you get home and you're like, I already got four of these coats. Why did I need this coat? Because it was thirty dollars, and somewhere else at Kohl's it was one hundred and thirty. You know, I needed it. Why do we generally fail? Why do we? I, I want to stop procrastinating, but. I'm an adrenaline junkie, so when I procrastinate, it gives me the adrenaline rush that I need to get to the next point in my life. We become the habits that we put in place in our lives, whether we realize it or not. Why do we generally fail? Why is it that we generally fail? We're gonna look at three reasons that we don't succeed in our lives. The first is this we focus, we focus on the what but we don't understand the how we focus on the what but we don't understand the how we focus on the problem but we don't understand how to get there to the other side most of us have similar goals but there are vastly different results you know if we want to be healthy we don't say hey i want to have the highest cholesterol when i go to the doctor that's a goal that i have No, we want to lower it. We want to bring it down. We have financial goals. We want to enjoy life. We want to get closer to God. How do we do this? We focus on what, but we don't understand how. We get so focused on the what that we often become the thing that we don't want to become. One of the things, yes, amen, one of the things that I learned early in marriage and well, I said early in marriage, and now I've learned later in life. One of the things that Laura and I said is we never want divorce to be a part of our vocabulary. But what we didn't realize is that we were bringing in the negative on ourselves by saying that. We should have been saying, I want to strive to be the best husband and wife that I can be. But we put the negative on it. When I say I want to stop drinking Coke, I automatically want a Coke. You have no idea what's going on in my mouth right now. I want a Coke. Like, i got to take a drink of water just because I'm so thirsty for a Coke. It's bad. I don't want a Coke. I want to drink more water. I want to drink more water. i got to flip the script. i got to say it differently. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. I shared this in the huddle this morning. One of the things that I determined years ago when I was a lot bigger than I am, and I'm still a big dude, I just come by it honestly, that's life but I'm proud of myself. I lost 35 pounds last year. It's good. Now I'm building a little muscle and all that kind of stuff, but I learned a process. I learned a process. So years ago, I decided that I wanted to run a 5K, but I was smart enough to know that just going over to, uh, you know, Dick's and grabbing a $150 track suit and $200 running shoes and a sweet sweatband wasn't going to allow me to run a 5K. I might look good, in the outfit, and I might match well, but I was going to die in a good-looking outfit. That's what was going to (laughs) happen. See, I had to realize that I had to have a system in place. I had to do something to get there. So from my couch, I downloaded this app called Couch to 5K, you know. Downloaded it and began the process and began the process. And before I knew it, From January to May, I began to run 5 ks Was I knocking people out of the way and winning and all this stuff? No. But I had some PRs and set some records. And even in my age bracket in those times, I broke some records. I beat some people. But I didn't just beat people. I beat myself. I beat the battle within myself that told me I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. When I was 23, I shredded my ACL, dislocated my hip. You've heard this. My hip came out of place. I had to put it back in place. It was kind of like tearing off a turkey leg on Thanksgiving. Like, you know, it sounded real gross. It was nasty. Saw my doctor, Dr. Milia, great guy, football player for the University of Michigan. That's a little plug for you, Dr. Milia. Um, love that guy. He said, when I get done with you, you'll be able to run. I said, that's awesome. I've never run in my life. So this is good. I was able to run. But I had this fear, oh, I got this thing, and my hip hurts, and my knee hurts. and I became the excuses. I had to flip it. I had to flip it. I had to understand that I got so focused on the what, but not how. I can't do this because of this. I had to flip it and say, I can do this. I can overcome this. You see, goals don't determine success. Systems determine the success. The goals don't determine our success. Systems determine our success. James Clear says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. He says it in the book, and I read it again, and I was like, man, thank you you for socking me in the gut, James. I know why you write books. We don't rise to the level of our goals but we fall to the level of our systems. We set goals in place, but the systems aren't there for it. That's why we don't succeed. That's why we're not able to get past. That's why we're not able to get past February with our New Year's resolutions. That's why when we get to Super Bowl Sunday, woo, and then your church has a big chili cook-off, and then you eat chili, and you're not supposed to, or you eat way too much, and you're like, well, then when I get home, you know, I got to have like some of those little uh, tortinos, pizza rolls, and some of those little bagel bites. And I got to have some hot wings. I mean, come on, who doesn't like hot wings, uh, you know? And I got to have some blue ranch or blue cheese with it. And I got to have some ranch dressing. I got some this or I got to have some of that. We got to have all these tasty things. How many of you are getting hungry? I think I'm a little hungry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go to lunch afterwards. Let's do it. I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> the lion's are on. Not until later tonight, though. Not until later tonight. It's a night game, right? It's a little bit later. Yeah, it's later. Yeah, it's 8.30. Yeah, it's a late game. Oh, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, see, I'm not. Yeah, I got you. I got you here until at least 7 o'clock, all right? And then I'll let you go home. (laughs) We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. When I look in the Bible, I see a man, Daniel, that he stood out. He stood out among the crowd. He went to the lion's den. He had a system in place. He woke up, and how many times did he pray to the Lord? Does anyone know? How many times a day? Three times a day. Good job, Lauren. Good job. Three times a day, he had a system in place. When the system began to be broken, and they said, you can't do that, you know what Daniel did? He stopped doing it, right? He went on. He said, I won't do that. No, he developed a habit. He developed a good habit in his life. And he continued to pray. And then he was thrown in the lion's den. And you know what he did? He got scared and anxious and he said, somebody hand me his annex. No. He said, <laughs> he said I'm going to pray to my God. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm going to do what I've known to do, that it's a healthy habit. I'm going to clear my mind and center myself with God and go for this. And no matter what happens, at the end of the day, my God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. We think that we need to change the results. You know, again, um, if you want to lose 20 pounds, there's some great ways to start. But you've got to figure out the systems. You see, when you go into the grocery store, and the cool thing about it nowadays, you don't have to go to the grocery store. You can just order it and pick it up, or you can have it delivered or whatever. So you don't even have to go down the pop aisle. Don't even go down the pop aisle. Set in place a system. You want to get more organized? Throw stuff away. Oh, man. How many of you have lived in the same home for more than 10 years? 15? 20? 25? 30? You got some stuff, right? Amen. <laughs> I mean, I've lived in the same house for five years, and I got stuff. So I know you guys got stuff. But get rid of it. Throw it away. I had a blessed opportunity. Holly and I did a little Advent thing. There in December, and we were talking about giving stuff away, and God prompted me, and he said, Pastor Jason, you need to give some stuff away that you don't need. There's just some stuff that you're not able to sell on eBay, and there's some stuff that's just, it's taking, give it away, and I gave it all away. I gave it to Grace Centers of Hope. Because I believe, yeah, I believe in their ministry and what they're doing. And it's just a blessing. And so I'm like, I I dropped this stuff off. And these guys in the back were like, you're giving me this stuff? Like, this is stuff, good stuff? I said, but it's a blessing and it's a stretch for me to do it. Because you know what? I know that it can be a blessing to someone else. I don't even need it. I haven't even wore that in two years. and still got the tags on it. I don't need it. You see, we need to change the systems that cause those results. We have to fix what we do. And when we fix what we do, the outcome will fix itself. The second thing that we're going to look at is this, is that um, we don't see progress fast enough. Yes, somebody finished it. Yeah, that's it. We don't see progress fast enough. Listen, I get it. We get on the treadmill we find the treadmill first. Like, oh, it's under all those clothes and stuff in the basement, you know. <laughs> That's what that thing is under there. We found it. We walk on it three times a week, and we go, I gained 30 pounds. No, I gained three pounds. What's going on? Walking on the treadmill causes me to gain weight. I'm not going to do this. Right? Or we, we pick up the Word of God, and, you know, we're reading our Bible, and then, you know, you get to Sunday morning, and the kids don't get up on time, and you're running late, and you're like, kids, are going to be walking in the door and the first song starts and it's all your fault. See, this Bible thing doesn't even work in my life. Now I'm yelling at the kids, you know, kicking the dog, whatever. It, it, it happens. Or we say, I'm going to cut back on buying coffee all month. You know, I cut back and I only saved $100 and I got $50,000 in school debt because they tricked me into this thing. They tricked me into private college. is no debt. We don't see the progress fast enough in our lives. We don't see it fast enough. And here's some of the things that we wrongfully conclude. We wrongfully conclude that small, good decisions don't matter much. And we also conclude that small, bad decisions don't matter much. So we're going to stop here for a second and talk about this. We wrongfully conclude that small, good decisions, they don't matter much. I did this, and it's, it's not making a difference. It's not mattering. You see, one of the things that I, and I come back to weight loss because this is something that I can relate to, and this time of year, that seems to be where people go, but break up with the scale. You don't need it. Because here's the deal. What I found out about the scale is it's a liar. Because the number that it tells you is not always right. Because here's the deal, when you begin to lose weight and you burn off fat and you begin to mer- you begin to build muscle, you are going to gain some weight. What tells it is my waist size. My son, he wears the same size pants as me now. He's a big dude. Maybe I'm just a big dude. <laughs> We're both big. But I've lost weight there. I, my shirts are getting smaller. I'm going down in the sizes. I got into my goal shirt this summer. That was humbling. That was real humbling. I ordered a large shirt. I put that sucker on and I stretched that on and if it wouldn't have been black and it would have been white, I would have looked like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I would have. For you younger ones, go go watch Ghostbusters. You'll understand. I had rolls on top of rolls. But I got into that shirt this summer. But my weight was beginning to go back up. Break up with the scale. You don't need it. You don't need it. You see, uh, the small good things. You know, you say, well, I go to church and then I come home and life's not that great. You know, my kids aren't changing. You know, my wife still gets mad at me for playing the video games four hours a week and this, that, and the other. We, we neglect these small good decisions because we don't think they're going to make much of a difference. And then in turn again, we wrongfully conclude that small bad decisions don't matter that much. Well, you know, the next big holiday, or, or, or at least the Hallmark holiday that's coming up, is Valentine's Day, and, you know, well, I got this box of chocolates, and, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten of them aren't really going to make a difference. It's the small bad decisions that add up. Our life, our life is a sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Our life is a sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Good and bad, that is the sum total of our life. Small bad decisions rarely wreck our lives all at once. It's over time that they add up. It's over time that they add up. I've been in ministry a while. 23 years. I've watched kids come into my life And they say, I don't know how I got to this place. I have adults come into my life. I don't know how I got to this point. And it doesn't go all back to one big thing. It goes back to a small little decision that built up and built up and continued on. See, your hard work, your disciplines, your sacrifices, your faithfulness, it's not being wasted. It's being stored up. How many of you can boil water? That's one of your gifts. Yeah. (laughs) I have some friends like that. That's the best thing they can do. Beyond that, I don't know that they can make, they couldn't, good thing for fast food because they couldn't do it. So this is the deal. When you heat water to 80 degrees, it's a little bit warm. 140 and it gets a little bit warmer. 205, it's a little bit warmer. 211, it is hot. But guess what happens at 212 degrees? It boils. Boom. The same thing with our decisions. They boil at 212 degrees. It takes time for us to get there. It's The fact of the matter is a watch pot never boils. It does, but it just takes a really long time. And the fact of the matter is the little decisions in our life, oftentimes people think we're an overnight success for the things that we've done, but they don't know the time and the effort that we've put into it. You know, uh, you're overcoming self-doubt and failing and, and, and you're... You're starting again. You're spending time with God, and you're, you're enduring the criticisms in life. People are coming at you, and people are going to come in. How did you become an overnight success? How did you lose weight overnight? It wasn't. It was the small little decisions, the sum total of your life and the decisions that made the change for you. That's what got you there. No one sees when you're up late at night. Working on things to become a better person after your family goes to bed. No one sees that you're up early in the morning, working on yourself, studying the Word of God, digging in deeper, going to those next levels. They don't see it. They don't see this. They don't see the early mornings. They don't see the late nights. We look at people and go, they're an overnight success. They don't know anything about life, blah, blah, blah. They have poured in the time and the effort to get to where they're at. Some people, sure, they can become an overnight success, but that's not typically the case. It's the time that we've poured into our lives, the investment that we've made. One very easy way for people to see that your life has changed—it was for me. I remember the very first uh, January where I began to work out, and then I saw family like that fall. They were like, "Wow, you're withering away to nothing!" Like you overnight, you're just like boom. And I said, "Let me tell you a story. It wasn't overnight." I had to drive past McDonald's and steer away from the Coca-Cola. I had to pass up the filet of fish sandwich that they were pushing my way for $1.99 in the month of February, March, and April for so cheap. It was going to the gym uh, regularly, five days a week, six days, sometimes seven. It was pushing away from the buffet. I used to love those places. Thank goodness for COVID, it broke me of it. The persistence, the grind, the private price that you pay, no one sees that. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. See, oftentimes we become weary, and I can't do it, and I'm just moving on. That brings us to our third point. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our our distorted identity often sabotages our success. Just as much as Jesus is important in this factor of Christianity, there is someone way, way, way low below him who God called to be the reflector of light. And his name is Lucifer. And he is the devil. And he will come after you. And he will tell you that you are no good. And he will distort your identity and make you believe that your failures are who you've become. And that you have to live in that place and that you cannot get out of it. And that's just not the case. The enemy tells you what you're not. But God tells you who you are. The enemy tells you, you can't do that. You're not good enough. You don't come from a family with the last name that's able to do good enough. But God tells you that you can have a fresh start, that you can break generational sin in your family's life, that you can overcome that stuff. Is it going to be easy? No way. You're going to have to tell the devil to go to hell and stay there. You're going to have to push past it. See, I realized this in my life. I had this opportunity when I sat beside my uncle who was a frail 80-pound man. I said, Uncle Tim, I said, I want to ask you to forgive me for the way that my dad treated you and the way that you guys grew up as brothers and he started to tear up, and he said, why are you doing this, son? I said, because you two didn't have the opportunity before he passed to do it. And I said, the generational sin is carrying on in our family, and I want it to stop now. Amen. And he broke, and we cried together, and we prayed together. And do you know, I had, that week was a, a week from living hell in my life. Because the devil knew that I was beginning to break spiritual bondage. I was beginning to break generational sin in my life for my boys and their boys and generations to come. The devil wants you to stay right where you are. He does not want you to move forward. He wants to sabotage you. You cannot succeed. You cannot do this. You can't do that because of who you are and where you've come from. That's just not the case. Your current failures are not your identity. They're not. We allow the devil to put us in this position of being a miserable person. Moses. Moses was not good with speaking. But God used him. Gideon, he was one of the weakest and God used him. Paul was one of the least and unworthy, and God used him. Each and every one of you, right where you are, God wants to use you in 2023 if you will allow him. If you will allow him to use you in your circumstances, he will take things and turn it around for his glory in crazy ways that you've never seen possible. I had this opportunity this week. Uh, As many of you know, I, I love sports cards, and collectibles, baseball cards is my favorite. My Uncle Lynn got me into that when I was very young. That's one of the things that I do. I also love to flip things and sell things on the marketplace. God blessed me with an opportunity to meet a family this week. that connected with some, They were connected with somebody at this church. I never envisioned one of the things that I was doing would become a ministry for God. But it did. Sports cards, I have another church, guys. That's a big secret, I'm going to tell you that. I have a whole other church. You're like, what? I have a group of men who don't come to church on Sundays. Hey, guys, I know some of you are watching. But they call on me. They call on me when they've lost their loved ones, when they've lost their children, when they've lost their brothers, and they've lost their sisters, to be a ministry to them and to minister to them. But what I had to get past was the sabotage, that's not church. I had a pastor at one point in my life tell me, that's not church. And I held on to that. And I let it cripple me and go, oh, and I had to get past it. I had to get past it. What is it that you need to get past? These next things that here I want to look at. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits, and unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. It's time to move past. It's time to stop having this unhealthy identity. This is just who I am. It's just who I've become. Listen, you only get one life to live for Jesus on this earth, or for yourself, that's, if that's the way you want to live it. You only get one, though. The devil will give you an unhealthy healthy identity, and that in turn creates the unhealthy habits. Well, this is just who I was. This is what I was born into. I often get to have a good conversation with a dear brother of mine who we both grew up in Pontiac. I I grew up there too until um, until early middle school. But there were five of us that hung out together. He, He and I are the only two that are left alive. The other three got into their habits and they allowed their identity to create unwise habits in their life. All died by the time they were 21. Unhealthy habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. They became who they were. They became an element of the byproduct of what was in that that environment and in that community. We don't have to do that. We have to make the choices. See, when you break generational sins and when you break bondages and when you decide to look at who you want to become instead of what you want to do, it takes effort. It takes work to do that. And so we step out and we step up and we do that. See, I encourage you to take a different approach this year. Most people create goals. And they say, I want to read more. I want to get more sleep. And I want to spend less time on social media. Well, then delete social media from your phone. And if you want to get more sleep, do you know this thing actually turns off? If you hold the button on the right long enough. Like, here we go. I'm going to hold it. Oh, you know. Oh, yep, there it is. Slide to power off. And it's off. It's off. So if anybody calls me, I'm not going to get it. Does that, just, does that freak some of you out? <laughs> kind of does me. But it's off. I don't need it. You want to get more sleep? Turn it off. I want to encourage you to start with who goals. Who goals? Who do you want to become? Do you want to be a true man of God? Write that down. What steps are you going to put in place? What goals are you going to look at and then put the systems in place to become that person, to become a true man of God? You see, one of the things that I had to have in my life to become a better father and to become a better husband, and I was working with our men through Fight Club to do this, is we had to develop the systems in order to reach the goals. You see, uh, those of you that are here, Uh, that your husband's wives, your husbands were in Fight Club. You loved that week when they were making the bed, right? Like, hey, they got to put clean sheets on and make the bed. Ashley, amen, amen, amen. There was a system that had to be put in place. Ashley has already been in my ear trying to pay me off for next Fight Club. That that needs to be a part of it every week. And I said, well, maybe give me some cookies and we'll call it even. No, I can't have the cookies and the cupcakes and the wonderful cinnamon rolls. Um, But who goals? You wanna be a bold witness to your class or maybe to your classmates or maybe your friends? You gotta set the who goals. You gotta figure out who it is that you wanna become before you can begin to do it. You wanna be sober, you wanna be clean, you gotta set the goals. You gotta stop hanging out with the friends you were hanging out with, you gotta find new friends. Michael shared about our Empower Groups, that's a great way to get connected, that's a great great way to plug in. You wanna become financially free? you got to set some goals. You do got to stop going to Target. You do got to stop going to Costco. But I save money, but do you really? Like I said, when you buy two more pairs of sweatpants that you really didn't need, are you saving anything? You've got to begin with the who goals. Who is it that you want to become? As men in Fight Club, that was the question that I was constantly asking these guys, whether they knew it or not, but who is it that you want to become? One of the very cool things, and my wife will tell you this story, one of the very cool things that we found out through Fight Club this time around is, my wife hates flowers. Yeah, I was blessed. All those years I was like, amen, praise the Lord, she doesn't like flowers. But what she found out is that through Fight Club, every week that I brought her flowers, she's appreciative. She's appreciative that I would take enough time to think about her, to get her and bring her flowers. And so on the weeks, the bi-weekly week, when I get paid, there are flowers. And she's beginning to like them and appreciate them. Who is it that you want to become? I don't just want to do this. It's who you want to become. It's who you want to become. The next thing here. Unhealthy or unwise... Unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. And then from there, I want us to look at Romans 6, and it says this. Romans 6 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to fear. I'm going to pause right there. We know that our old, we are no, no longer slaves to fear. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We were set free from the power of sin. We're no longer slaves to the fears that we have in our lives. We don't have to be bound by that. Why is it that we think so? Because oftentimes the things that enslave us are things that we feel we own. And it's just like the things in your garage that you own that you don't need anymore. It's time to get rid of it. You probably don't even know some of those things are there. Those habits, you don't even realize some of those habits are there in your life. You just do them. Like I want you to think, what is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? What is the, all right, now I want you to say it. What is the, share with me. What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Coffee, pray, smack the alarm three times, bathroom. Bathroom. (laughs) You're like, whoo. Yeah, you're like, I had an overnighter last night. I made it all night without having to get up and go to the bathroom, but I got to go now. Pray. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We all have habits that we've developed and we've put in place. Whether good or bad. The systems brought the breakdown because we didn't understand the system. We didn't understand the system. goes on to say, Now you are free from your slavery to sin. And you have become slaves. We're going to hold on this verse. You have become slaves to righteous living. You are free from your slavery to sin. There is someone in this room this morning that needed to hear this. There is someone on the other side of this screen. There is someone in the balcony that needed to hear this this morning. You have given your life to Christ. But you're holding on to the sin in your life and allowing it to have a stronghold and to to give you an identity that is no longer yours. That in of itself is a sin. You have to let it go. God has taken it. He's cast it as far as the east is from the west. It is no more. It's the dirty devil that reminds you that you're no good. He reminds me every morning that I'm no good. And you know what I say? I get up to him and I say, go to hell where you belong. I know I'm no good, but because of Jesus Christ, I have a new name and I have a claim to eternity. Amen. Amen. So there are some of you that are there. You need to let it go and become slaves to righteous living. You have to find the system. The system is the word of God. And that's what you have to tap into. That's what we're called to tap into. A healthy, we're going to look at it, a healthy identity creates for us positive habits. Positive habits reinforce a healthy identity. Who do you want to become? Who is it that you want to become in your life? you want to become a person who loves Jesus, you want to become a wonderful husband, if you want to become a wonderful dad, then you make times. You make the time. You do crazy things for the people that you love. When you love something, you do crazy things for it. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that I'm wrong. Any junior high boy, I know when they become crazy in love for a girl. For one, they start taking more showers and they put on deodorant and they put on enough Axe body spray. You can smell it halfway across Walled Lake. You intentionally walk down a different hallway to get her attention. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We do crazy things for the people that we love. If I say I want to become a devoted pastor, what is it that I got to do? I got to become more like Jesus. I got to understand you guys more. Help you grow. That's my heart. That's my, de- my desire. I have to set aside time in my life. I have to put, a- put in place systems. One of the crazy things that my wife didn't like when we first got married is she's like, why are you penciling me into your schedule? Because you're that important that I want nothing else to get in the way of it. My family is that important that, yes, if you look at my calendar, they are penciled in there. Because that way, when you come to me and you say, I need to meet with you, I can say, okay, I can do that. Here's the time I can do that. Here's the time I can do that. But I also value being a good father and being a good husband and doing the things that the Lord's called me to do. What? Would the person that you want to become do? You need to ask those questions. How are you going to get to the place that you need to get to? Once I figured out I could run a 5K, I decided that I wanted to work out. I found this bodybuilder friend at the gym. The man broke me, but I broke him spiritually. He said, you bring the word of God and the strength there, and I'll bring the physical strength. Man, I tore something in the back of my shoulder, and I thought I I was in trouble. All I did was shredded some muscles, and it was bleeding, and it swelled up like four or five inches. But I I got through it. But he broke me a little too soon. It took time. We had to develop a system. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, this is a guy that's 2% body fat and and, and, and 98% muscle. And I, I learned from him, though. I sought somebody out that had been before me. That's what's so great about our Empower Groups. That's what's so great about Fight Club and the men that did that. I had some men come to Fight Club, and, know, and, they, and they get school. They came and they heard what it, what, it, what it involved, and they're like, that ain't for me. That's cool. Like, I, I went through that in military school. It's, rigor, it's rigorous. It's tough. But we became brothers. Danny, we became brothers in Christ. We took some strikes for each other. It was tough. It was tough not eating cereal, right? <laughs> Nick got through it. I got through the chip thing, accidentally ate some nachos one day and took a strike for it. We overcame things together because we looked at our lives and said, who is it that we want to become? Who is it that we want to become? If I want to be a good reflector, I have to become that. That is my word for the year. I want to reflect more. I want to value people. I want to, as a pastor, not just stand up at somebody's funeral and talk about how good they were then. I want to let them know while they're alive how good of a person they were and the influence that they had on my life. God has a plan for your life. What is it that you're going to do? Who is it that you're going to become? If you're going to get rid of this generational sin, you need to lay it down. You need to lay it down. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. The devil is going to come after you. But here's the fact of the matter is God's got you. God's got you in the heat of the moment. He's got you in the fire. When they look in the fire and they see you and they see something else is in there, it's God. When you come out not smelling like smoke, it's because God was with you through the fire and through the testing. And through the journey, and it's refined you, making you a better person. Making you a better person. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've you've done. Who is it that you want us to become? What is it that you want us to do? I pray that you reveal to each and every one of us those things today. That as we step out of here and step into the street, that we become more and more like you, Father. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great week.